You are listening to the Evolution Exchange podcast, a platform we've created to bring the Nordic tech community together. My name is Charlotte Roberts and I'm your host. Thank you for everybody who's joining me today. Um, and we're, of course, we're going to be discussing can machine learning projects be agile? Um, so before we go ahead and jump straight into the introductions, um, uh, into the questions, sorry, we'll take an introduction from everybody. Um, so Shabab, if you'd like to introduce yourself, that'd be lovely. Yes, thank you. So hello, guys. My name is Shabab. Uh, I'm a senior data scientist. Uh, I have a background in computer science and data science and I've been working in this uh, field for the last four or five years and uh, right now I'm uh, based in, in KPMG where I sort of work in the intersection between uh, technology and, and business. So yeah, and I'm trying to ensure that our clients are utilizing uh, agile methods to to do machine learning projects and would like to talk more about that. Nice. Well, you've definitely come to the right place to talk about that. <laughs> Thank you very much, Shabab, for your introduction. If Christopher, if you'd like to go next, that'd be lovely. Sure. Uh, hello, everyone. My name is Christopher Runell. I'm a senior data engineer uh, with a consultancy called Datatonic, uh, calling in from our Nordics branch in sunny Stockholm. Uh, so I've been in this specific role for two years, but I have a background in, in more traditional sort of software engineering, uh, also MLOps before that was even a thing, um, and just sort of big data processing as well. So uh, quite a, a large uh, variety. So I'm very much looking forward to see what we can do here. Lovely. Yes, definitely. Same here, Christopher. Thank you very much for that introduction. And last but certainly not least, Lele, if you'd like to introduce yourself. Yeah, sure. Uh, my name is Lele. I'm currently working as a staff research scientist in EQT. I've been working in EQT uh, for a bit more than two years and a half. Uh, started as a senior data scientist and then uh, recently gradually moving to more sort of researching around the common problems that we are facing. Uh, I started getting in touch with uh, machine learning, AI, deep learning uh, from the year around like 2012. Uh, that was the time when I decided to do my PhD. And before that, most of my experience was around uh, traditional software engineering. So I was like basically uh, experiencing the more traditional sort of waterfall project management model until today, like more agile. And nowadays, like people are talking about ML, ML ops and stuff. Uh, yeah, that's about me. Nice, lovely. Thank you very much, everyone, for those lovely introductions. Um, so we'll jump straight into the questions first. Um, so it makes sense then if we go ahead and um, start with what is the definition of agile? Um, so if Lele, if you'd like to go first, kick everybody off and then everybody can jump in. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't say I have... <sighs> I have a very sort of complete understanding of what is Agile. Uh, actually, if you ask me to throw out some sort of rigid definition of what it, that is, probably you're giving, it, giving me a hard time. But like, according to my understanding, uh, Agileness uh, basically sets out some kind of um, uh, rules or like some kind of guidelines, um, principles that people should follow. But it doesn't say exactly how you should do it. Basically, the toolings that you are using or like the sort of nitty-gritty practices that you're using it's it's not settled it's really you have to you have a you have a great say there basically according to your context according to your needs whatever and maybe the nature of your team and your goal and try to set out some some kind of um, uh, detailed setup or toolings to facilitate agileness 
that's my a bit of uh, you can say two cents uh, around this uh, concept. Yeah, maybe maybe I can talk a little bit into it. So I, I really like the fact that you say that uh, there are no like sort of rigid definitions to it. So it's quite broad. And also what I've seen working in multiple projects that people do agile in many different ways. So it's even though there is a, a manifesto and stuff you're supposed to follow, but I think what it is at its core is sort of to to respect change a lot uh, and work around that as much as possible, which is something that does not happen in waterfall where you cannot accept change throughout the life cycle of a project. Whereas I think in agile at its core is really to to be able to accept change and facilitate change throughout the entire entire life cycle. So that's how I I view it and why I like uh, to to advocate for it, basically. Yeah. I definitely agree. Uh, just to sort of follow on from that, uh, I mean, you, you mentioned here the Agile Manifesto. I think I think it's that was really great in sort of setting the scene a bit because it's it's not really direct rules as you say. It's more like guidelines or, or guiding principles. It's very sort of soft in that nature, and you have a great room to sort of make it your own. And I think that as you say, uh, I've worked for a number of companies and I've probably seen um as many of or if not more you know agile styles along the way so i think that's definitely one of the sort of uh core strengths about agile that you can really sort of just get started quite quickly make it your own over time and just sort of you know iterate on the process itself as a team so i think it's uh, very much sort of a nice sort of cultural thing as well around that Oh, lovely. Well, now at least we've got a good definition um, of that to kickstart us onto the podcast then. Um, so we'll jump straight in with um, Lele's first question then. So why or why not machine learning, machine learning projects should be agile? Um, so if you'd like to give a bit of background behind this and then I'll let everybody jump in. Yeah, sure. Uh, maybe sort of uh, my words here is like probably going to start uh, in format of an unstructured way, perhaps. Uh, but my thinking out there is, of course, uh, the traditional software engineering nowadays, uh, it's sort of more and more looking to this agile process. Uh, as uh, everyone has mentioned, uh, the changes, uh, how to control, manage those changes is, is one of the key problems. Uh, but then uh, if you look at uh, the machine learning sort of projects, um, it has a lot of different natures. For example, uh, when people are talking about changes, whether or not there should be a lot of changes that are constantly happening, uh, or should you really define your problem really well so that you try to avoid those changes along the way as much as possible. Like I'm just like try, uh, trying to give out one example, uh, particularly, particularly here, uh, to get the discussion started. But of course, there are a lot of other aspects that is fundamentally different than a traditional uh, software engineering projects. Like, for example, after you have done all of the development, then what, right? Uh, usually in software engineering, you're going to start into, like, you, you're going to start this sort of a maintenance sort of phase, but it doesn't mean that you stop uh, developing new features. Uh, but then uh, what, what happens after you have developed your model, deployed, deployed the model, uh, well, there are also sort of maintenance works, but like what is entailed in those maintenance works? I think there are a lot of difference um, out there and how should we do that? Uh, in what way and what uh, Agile means in this, like managing this whole process to make it more smooth and uh, iterate faster? Or do we need to iterate like really fast for machine learning projects? If we iterate really fast, does it mean that we define the prob problem a bit 
sort of in an old way? I, I'm not sure. Uh, this is an open question, really. Yeah, I think I can try to answer some of some of those things uh, that you said, or at least based on how I see it. So if we, um, I, I like the way that you said about, uh, is it really the same as software engineering or software projects and, uh, or how do they differ? And at least to that, what I have, the way I like to see it is that if we really try to abstract this and go a few levels higher up, at the end of the day, a machine learning model is nothing but a microservice, is how I see it. And then you just call it and it gives you a prediction. Of course, there's a lot of stuff happening within that service that is maybe slightly different from software engineering. But if we look at it from a very abstract level, at the end of the day, you have like a website and then you have an endpoint that you just call and this endpoint gives you out a prediction. So from that abstraction, abstraction state, I see it as the same as designing uh, and, and developing uh, a system that would be uh, software, for example. And then maybe to look at the second part where you said about what happens afterwards. So what, what about after the model has been made? And yes, so there is a maintenance phase. And uh, I think that we should iterate fast. But the question is, what does fast mean? So is fast uh, once a week or is fast once a month or is fast once every six months? And uh, because because at least for machine learning, it is more important to iterate in the sense that there is this concept of drift, right? So whatever you have modeled now based on the data that you have today may not make sense six months from now because the signals in the data has changed. So in that sense, it is more important to continuously iterate on machine learning projects compared to a software project where, for example, you have a website where users are uh, creating accounts, for example, and there you don't necessarily need to uh, iterate unless you really want to, to build something new and improved, but it, it will be something that's working and keep working at that state. But with machine learning, of course, whatever you build will not keep working by default uh, as time goes on. So in that sense, it is very important to, to keep this iteration flow going on and doing this analysis. So there should be group of data scientists to, to keep on doing the analysis to find out, okay, yesterday we got signals from this data based on these features, but today those features don't make sense anymore. Something else does. So it's, it's more important to actually get this continuous loop going uh, for machine learning projects uh, than than the software projects, I think. Yeah, I definitely agree to to that. I think that I mean overall, sort of looking back, I mean some people are even even talking about ML as sort of software uh, development uh, version 2.0. Uh, so sort of in in light of that, exactly. going back to yeah. yeah, what software engineering is at the end of the day, it's a lot more uh, around sort of you know implementing business logic uh, to make it very sort of simple. Um, but I think that, as Shabab, as I say, there's this sort of external element to machine learning as well, which sort of forces you uh, into doing these iterations, and that's sort of the change of, of, of your data that you would typically you know, use your, your, to train your model and keep it up to snuff. So there's like an, an extra level of, of complexity for sure in, in uh, uh, developing this this kind of software, but I actually I actually regard it as software, and I think that we can, for sure, uh, use a lot of the the principles that have been established over time in the traditional software engineering to to do it right. But that's the, sort of, sort of about an extra layer uh, there to to keep in mind, um, which makes it um, a lot of fun, but also very challenging. And as you say, probably 
um, the more need to, to um, uh, go sort of full on agile and be very open to sort of change and, and fast to, to sort of respond to it, both sort of as a culture, but also in your sort of the technical tools that you've built around uh, your, your uh, ML project. Yeah, um, I, I just want to maybe add a bit of my sort of observation. Um, the, uh, the stuff or the topics that you guys have been touched upon and responded, I think it totally makes sense. Um, but then if, if, I, if I try to sort of maybe step back a bit and trying to get a sort of bigger picture of how the whole life cycle of uh, machine learning projects. Uh, basically, when people are talking about machine learning projects, basically the boundary, the definition of this boundary is not, is usually very blurry to me. Like if you ask what is a machine learning project uh, from to, to a machine learning engineer, for example, they're going to tell you, oh, uh, I have a problem. And then I started collecting data and then I make sure that my data is clean and ready to use. And then I try to do sort of data splitting, normalization, and then do my training validation. And then if every, uh, the result is good, I do the deployment. And then after deployment, I know I have to do monitoring, but usually I don't like everyone is doing proper <laughs> monitoring uh, because that's uh, fundamentally hard. And then there is fundamental part. After, even after that, you're going to get so, some kind of uh, questions around explainability, right? And the funky thing out there is that uh, people usually refer to machine learning projects as from like the problem definition to the deployment of the model and even a bit into the monitoring uh, phase. But really, if you look at the entire chain, it's actually a very narrow definition because like what happens before the, uh, before the, the data collection? Basically, that, that has a lot of sort of, you have to sort of talk to the other projects, like uh, where do you get your source data from? And you probably have to talk to a lot of uh, data engineers in their data engineering uh, projects, trying to sort of crunch in the data into the right formats and trying to do a bit of mapping uh, validation until you, it's into a, a data warehouse where you can use it. And then after you deploy your model, you have to you have to think about like together with the uh, maybe front end engineers uh, in their project in, in a zone of their projects and trying to discuss how should we present the results in order to let the end users understand the meaning of the results in a uh, in a good way that we expected, and in that way they can give us uh, useful usable uh, feedbacks. So in that sense, if you look at the whole chain, it actually embodies a lot of stuff. But I think uh, in most of the cases, uh, people are usually only talking about from the data collection to uh, model deployment and then circle back. You know, I think uh, from that sense, I think like nowadays, for example, this ML ops uh, kind of concept, it's, it's only sort of uh, containing uh, or focusing that part. So I'm thinking probably people should really uh, step back a bit more and look at uh, treating uh, uh, machine learning projects into the sort of the bigger picture of more sort of general uh, software engineering, platform and engineering kind of a view. Um, so it's a, it's a complicated stuff if you try to sort of think about it and try to get all of the sort of the chains, all of the parts are correct. Uh, yeah, it's very challenging actually, I find. Yeah, I think. Would you, sorry, I just wanted to ask a follow-up question to that, if possible. Would you say that's like a culture or organizational challenge that you've seen in over time? Yeah, this is definitely, definitely a key, key thing because, um, like let, let's 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 take in a very concrete example. Uh, let's say your your model is predicting some kind of um, signal uh, to support your business. But then, if you ask uh, what does that signal represent from a data scientist who uh, essentially builds the model versus the user, how they would like to what what kind of a signal that, that they would like to see 
and also comparing to, for example, front-end engineers, how they think, or UI UX designers, how they would like to present that um, signal. You're probably going to get a like uh, quite a divergent, sometimes quite divergent sort of uh, sort of definition out, out there. So. From the sense of culture, I think, uh, in one sense, I think it's it, it's it's super important to build some kind of mutual understanding of a different person's views. Uh, basically, the the ability of trying to uh, the ability of putting yourself into the other the other's shoes and trying to understand what does it mean uh, what does it mean even sort of um, at the later stage of the of the whole chain and stuff. But yes, I, I would say a culture is a very important thing. Uh, in an engineering team, uh, especially having a machine learning or data science um, uh, function there. Nice, yeah. that was interesting. Shabab, sorry, you wanted to say something. Yeah, no, so I think to both the points, so it's nice that you asked that question as well. So I think uh, maybe touch upon this question that you just asked now uh, first. So when you say that if it's a cultural problem or not, so I, I think that it's just that machine learning is still so new uh, for the organization and for the rest of the world. So it's it's basically, even if we look back five years, uh, it was mostly uh, researchers, uh, people with PhDs and postdocs who were doing machine learning, right? And building some models and testing some hypotheses. And it was statistical people doing that stuff. So, and then once they started presenting the results and it started to be like, okay, we can actually use this in industry. We can use this in practice. And then it started to be used. And now we have these concepts like ML ops. And then now we are thinking and talking about today, if we should use agile to it or not. And it's, it's basically a step that we will take. So it's something that is in progress, let's say. And then that automatically talks into the point that you were making about, okay, why doesn't machine learning include the end user in the process? And that is, that is a very, very good point because that is true uh, even to this date. It does not really incorporate the end user that much. Uh, you can take a very simple example, such as you go you go to a store to buy a, a phone um, on credit, and then they will do a credit score for you, right? To check if they should give you the credit or not. And that's actually a machine learning model doing the credit for you. But you cannot ask them back, okay, why, if you don't get it, you can't actually ask them back, why didn't I get it? Uh, most of the time, the, the store, the person at the store will just tell you, yeah, the system says you can't get it, so you can't get it, right? And this is, this is a big part where you are lacking that explainability aspect that you talked about, which end users should get. And not only should they get that explainability part, but they should also be able to put their feedback into it based on what they think about it. And that feedback loop is what will actually end up making the machine learning models perfect or go towards a better world, basically. So, so yeah, th that's definitely lacking and something that I think is going to be a part of the process in the near future. And I think we are working towards that. And the fact that we have these terms like ML ops uh, right now, and the fact that we are trying to do projects in, in agile ways, is definitely helping, is, is a step in the right uh, direction to, to get to that point. And then maybe a last comment is when you say about if you ask different people in, in the team about what ML is and what the results are, they're going to give you a, a different answer, right? And I think this is why what we have sort of seen or this I have seen in the industry is that now there are a lot there is a lot of change management uh, associated with machine learning projects and you have like these experience uh, designers basically who who play a big role into 
bridging or ensuring the communication happens from what have you built and what does it mean so that everyone is sort of on the same page and this is something quite new i know that so we try to do this where i work uh, where we take a proactive change management approach and spend time to actually explain to everybody what it means and ensure that everyone is is on the same page basically so so yeah yeah totally agree uh, very good points i, I was just uh, wanted to ask another question as a follow-up i think on the same page was uh, sort of a, a key phrase there that i was looking for it's so great to hear that um and um yeah i just sort of wondering given that i mean as you say ml is still a very new thing um definitely agree there and you need a lot of different um skills and capabilities to actually manage that and deliver value yes. to your organization like through and through and you have to be on the same page as you say but at the same time you know there are a lot of sort of new roles to fill certain gaps etc mm -hmm. etc et how do you sort of i mean tackle that in your sort of organization make sure that this sort of big team is sort of striving towards sort of the same goal how do you sort of evangelize ml from that perspective yeah I mean, I think that fits right into the topic of this talk, right? Uh, you do it in an agile way, <laughs> I would say. Uh, so you iterate fast, right? So I think what should happen is that you mold your team into that. So I've seen a lot of organizations where they did not have a data science team at all, and they, they created that from scratch, right? So they, they realized that uh, there is potential, we have data, and we can do a lot of things better in the global organization if we start to unlock the silos that the data is in and, and do something with it. But, but okay, we know this, but now what do we do? Uh, what roles do we need, right? And I think that's where the agile part kicks in, not only to actually do a machine learning project, but also to just start your data science function, let's say. And here you should really experiment, I think, start with a team and then slowly start to see what the needs are with respect to the team and also the organization. So maybe if it is a tech first company and everybody already has a very good idea of uh, what machine learning can do and people are more easily on the same page, you don't need the change management role in such a case. But then there can be another case where it is not at all a tech first company and they want to be. So there you have to very quickly get the feedback in from top management like okay do they understand what is going on and if they don't then they need to hire somebody uh, to to make sure that 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 thing is bridged so even the creation of that should should basically be done in a in an agile way yeah, very interesting um and christopher to your question i have an observation uh, in my past experience concerning uh, the agileness in the uh, machine learning projects i find like when 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 the scale of the team is pretty small or like there is a clear definition or distinction between business lines uh, maybe it's a good a uh, good solution to have you know dedicated agile team that is working on for different business lines and that means each team could work on very concrete use cases and act very fast iterate very fast because like they're their, their focus is very narrow, uh, but I also observe by doing so, the biggest question is that they are sort of, if there are more than one sort of business lines and machine learning teams, then uh, they tend to create a lot of uh, sort of either overhead or like reinventing the wheels all the time, you know? Because like there are there there are usually within especially within the same organization even different business lines that they sometimes share a lot of um, common layers or like underneath 
if you're really looking to like open it up and trying to analyze what they need, what do they need? You can usually sort of define layers. Like there are some common layers of machine learning some models can do. There are some sort of upper layer stuff that machine learning can sort of predict for. And if, if, if each team is moving really fast and trying to sort of create an end-to-end -end solution for each of those use cases, then it becomes, uh, well, well, in the end of the day, you're going to probably discover, oh, I have 100 models that is working for different use cases. But then how do you maintain those 100 models, right? And if you look at those 100 models, uh, they're like uh, sharing probably a lot of the commonalities. It's just like probably that they use different data sets a bit differently and they having a bit of a different sort of model architectures but in some sense it's also similar you know so um then then pro probably in that case i think it reminds me of this paper called uh, technical debt in machine learning that people are talking about when you're sort of moving really fast and not considering those nitty-gritty really common layers then you're going to end up with a lot of uh technical debts that you have to deal with afterwards. So I also see the cases where people try to think about, oh, probably that's not the good, uh, not a very good uh, setup. Maybe we should sort of uh, uh, having dedicated, for example, data scientists to work on the common problems and then sort of uh, interfacing different use cases. But then in that case, the more, the more, uh, the more interfaces that you have in those uh, sort of uh, the entire organization, probably more overhead of uh, synchronizing communication. And is that really uh, preferred by agileness? I'm not sure. Like, I don't have an answer there. But like, when 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 demands uh, increases and the scale of the team increases, and also uh, along along the journey of learning, probably people tend to change. You know, uh, and how how what, what what practices people is using or adapting, it also tends to change. And that circles back to the to the mention of change, managing and controlling the change in the first place. So uh, I, I guess change um, is the only thing that is not changed, I would say. <laughs> and that's why we need Great it. summary. <laughs> Oh, nice. We'll love. Uh, we'll move um, now on to Christopher's question then. Um, so, in an ML project, which work streams should have the highest priority, and where do you start? Um, so, if Christopher, if you'd like to give a bit of background behind this question, and then I'll let everyone jump in. Yeah, thank you very much. So, I think sort of on a very personal note, uh, I'd like to walk walk down memory lane to some degree. I think that sort of back in the days when organizations started to sort of look into ML, it was all about sort of the model. Like, okay, great, let's develop a model, we have a use case, uh, let's develop the model, let's get some data, let's, uh, you know, get it in there uh, somewhere into into, uh, into production, perhaps at best. Uh, but it was a, a lot of fuss around the model. Um, and I think that what companies then later sort of realize is that it's not just about the model. Uh, you know, it's about monitoring, it's about serving the model, it's to make sure that we're actually uh, delivering what we should. It's about, uh, you know, getting new training data, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and this, I guess, sort of ties back into what, what's actually an ML, ML project. And obviously, there are different definitions. I've, I've really enjoyed a few uh, of your, your comments to that one. Um, but I think that a lot of companies are, are more or less moving more into the, uh, the idea that it's really about delivering business value over time with machine learning, like a one-off model is not good enough anymore. Um, so basically, um, looking at that from like the end-to-end -end perspective that we've also sort of covered as well, uh, from sort of 
um, you know, staying a hypothesis to you know, maybe gathering some data all the way uh, through to someone who's actually going to sort of consume the output of your machine learning model and sort of explain that or get some explainability, hopefully. Where should your, should your sort of efforts lie in getting your machine learning you know, efforts like to the next level? Because there are so many things that you could, you could work on. Uh, and it would be quite interesting to sort of hear your thoughts on that. And I, I'll specify a very sort of um, extreme example of that. I was actually working for a company uh, that had just done this sort of journey that had uh, really great like business analysts and, and data scientists who had a very good grasp of their data. Uh, they wanted to build a recommendation engine. And they had one model uh, that they deployed, and then they realized, what do we do to sort of uh, retrain it and get out in production again? It start, it's really starting to degrade. I'm sure you've sort of heard that, that story before. Um, so sort of at that stage, I actually came into the team, and we started to, to focus a bit more on seeing it from a sort of outside in. So let's not worry about the model at all. Uh, your analysts are telling you that in 30% of the cases, people are going to want this one product. So let's just sort of hard code that in and do a sort of hello world of, of quote unquote ML models. And let's serve that. Let's build an API. Let's make sure that people can actually call that. It's reliable. It's up and running. Um, because at the end of the day, then you'll have a benchmark. Okay, our quote unquote model is 30% accurate, but at least we have very good sort of robust process around that we can actually deliver that fairly simplistic result to our end users. So that was sort of the approach that we, we took. We worked a lot on sort of on the tooling and you know, CICD, DevOps practice, software engineering best practice, et cetera, et cetera, code reviews and culture as well. Um, and that was actually quite an interesting sort of iterative journey. And we were actually able to uh, get quite far. But I just wanted to sort of share that with you and see what sort of input you would have on on uh, uh, on on that sort of big topic. If that makes sense. Yeah, very very interesting uh, narrative. <laughs> Actually, I I can imagine myself being in that situation several times. But like lessons learned uh, out there is that uh, because like. Uh, when I'm trying to sort of uh, doing some echo with the uh, definition of agileness, there is uh, constantly mentioning uh, mentions around simplicity. So that echoes uh, with this theme pretty well. I think when a data scientist or even especially the one that has done some kind of research in the frontier of machine learning or deep learning, they tend to sort of trying to use uh, out of the box, uh, very complicated uh, state of the art uh, models in the first place. But maybe, well, that's that's a good thing, really. Uh, but maybe it's it's uh, it's good to start simple, like even trying to sort of implement some kind of random model, even just trying to get some sort of things out and show to to the to the end users, and explain to them what is going to be anticipated from this model. And initially, probably the model doesn't require uh, sort of a lot of performance in some sense. I mean, this also echoes pretty well with the machine learning researchers uh, re researchers that you like read um, from those papers, right? When you're reading a paper that is sort of uh, innovating uh, an approach, it usually compares with a very silly baseline, like a random model trying to trying to illustrate, uh, yeah, our model is like beating the random model and then slightly sort of slightly up to the state of the art. I mean, this philosophy is the same in industry or engineering works. Maybe it's good to just start simple and then gradually iterate and try sort of slightly more complicated stuff, adding one tiny little thing at a time so that you like um, uh, you, you make sure that things is under control. When problem occurs at some stage, you know what is sort of bringing 
that problem or like bug in that is usually also very beneficial to troubleshoot and iterate your model development. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's my view. Uh, Shabab, maybe you have more to add? Yeah, yeah, no, but I think uh, I really like the point that you made about uh, people coming in and then trying to put in a very complex uh, model. This is something that I see quite a lot as well that, yeah, let's, uh, you know, the, the, the traditional way that I see people going about it is that, okay, machine learning, you have some problem, let's use a neural network, right? It's like the default go-to, you always start with the neural network. But yeah, I, I think that the, that's, that should not be the approach at all. Like uh, you should really try to fit, fit the problem into the solution and not fit the solution into the problem, right? And that's sort of, uh, or fit the model into the problem. So that's, that's the other way around. That's going on in the industry, I think. Um, and a lot of the times, maybe a logistic regression, something very simple and uh, is, is more than enough to actually do whatever people are trying to do. But yeah, they just don't consider it for, for, for whatever reason, because yeah, you have data scientists and they want to do something ultra smart, right? So, so that's how, that's how that goes. And I think there should be a shift in the industry when it, when it comes to things like that, like really consider, do you really need something that, uh, that complex to solve the kind of problem that you're trying to solve. So, so that's really important. And then maybe around, uh, Christopher, your question. So what components are necessary? And then also talking into the example that you gave. So the way I see it, I would still say that uh, the model should still be at the core uh, of, of things. So I would still say that the first thing you should consider is, is around the model. So try to make a good model, see what is the data you have, what, what is the target that you want to, to predict, see if your data actually gets you that, what kind of model to use and all this. So that should be your first priority. But after that, the second most important priority, and I would almost say that it, that is almost as important as the model, is the ops around it. So the entire framework, the structure, everything that goes around it. So how do you put it into production? How do you put V2 into production? How do you compare V1 and V2? How do you compare V1 and V2 retrospectively? Uh, and how do you keep doing that uh, again? How do you monitor it going forward? So, so then there should really be a very robust setup that you build where your model lives, right? So it's not only just to create the model, but also to create a very robust infrastructure where this model can continue to live. And that together uh, should form majority uh, of, of the project, I think. And then comes this other stuff that goes on top of it, uh, like, okay, how do we communicate the message to people? How do we, uh, how do we, add new features to it and, and things like that basically come on top. How do you make it explainable? And all of this stuff basically comes as the top uh, governance layer uh, around it. So yeah, that's how I would at least uh, structure the components basically. Yeah. Uh, that's very interesting. Uh, may I ask uh, Shabab, uh, do you have, uh, according to your past experience, do you have any recommendation uh, of uh, around practices or like more concretely tooling that can help people do better of those things that you mentioned, like, for example, yeah. how do you deploy V1, V2 comparison, uh, like versioning your model or even experiments, trials, whatever. Um, did yeah. you have any recommendations? Yeah, so I think there are two ways to go about that. Uh, mm -hmm. And the first would be that you use one of the cloud-based services that are there. So Azure, AWS, GCP, all of them basically provide a lot of uh, built-in services that allow you to do these things 
quite uh, quite seamlessly. And then there is also this, if you don't want to go the cloud way, then you want to do an on-prem solution, you want to build everything yourself, then you can also, there are some uh, sort of custom infrastructures that you can buy from, from some companies or even build a custom infrastructure yourself, which would be really complex. But I know some organizations that also prefer to do that. So they build their own uh, platform, let's say, where they are able to deploy models and uh, do their version control and compare uh, results retrospectively and things like that. But I think looking at you, Christopher, you probably have more to answer on that given you're the MLOps uh, guy on this call. So yeah, I'm the data scientist, so I'm only saying what I hear, uh, but yeah, not practice, so. Thanks. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Yeah, it is. It is a it is a very big topic. I think that I mean there are a lot of uh, tools out there that can help you. But I think that you know, in, in sort of my experience, I think it's it's important to sort of put the team first and see what makes sense from the team because we're ultimately on very different sort of levels, you know, technically, and we have different experiences. So collectively, see what what works best for the for the team and being a bit mindful of that. Um, and I think that's, I mean, to some degree also sort of touching upon the agileness of, of this as well. Like, how do we move sort of forward, forward together? But I'd, I'd love to have that uh, uh, more sort of detailed conversation at some stage with, with you guys. So, um, Shabab, your question, if not agile for ML, then what? Do you want to yeah, give so, a bit of background and then I'll let everyone jump in? Yes. So, thank you. Thank you for that. So, basically, I think the way I like to 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 find solutions. So this is not just uh, for this specific thing, but in general, whenever I'm trying to solve something and there are two choices, I try to sort of do it in a counterfactual way, in the opposite way, and try to think that, okay, if if you are saying no to this, then what would you do instead, right? Uh, so that, and then based on that, I would try to decide if you should do it or not. So in, in that sense, I can see, I would go and say that let's do a project, a machine learning project in an agile way. And then if someone would say that, no, let's not do it in an agile way, then my next immediate question would be, okay, so what else and why? Uh, how, how does something else make sense? So then it's the same question to you guys. And also to just think about it that, okay, we are just thinking agile, but did we consider waterfall and think about how it could fit a machine learning project? Or is there something else, something... Uh, even even more uh, even more change acceptable than agile. So even like okay within agile, should it actually follow a more Kanban sort of way where you are iterating extremely fast or and uh, it's it's literally a day to day basis or or should it be more a bit less? Uh, so yeah, what what do you guys? Uh, Think about that basically there's the scrum ban as well of course to keep in mind i'm uh, just kidding, kidding but yeah there i mean there, there's a lot on, under the agile uh, umbrella and um i think that uh sort of uh, one thing that is sort of quite interesting from like a personal perspective is that i sort of have a background in product or service development sort of including working on uh sort of ml activities uh more sort of a platform than than anything else uh but now i'm working for a consultancy and we are actually sort of fixed time fixed scope when we deliver these things which sort of resonates you know with a waterfall model um but sort of even so uh we always favor uh you know um either a kanban or, or scrum or sometimes you know a mix mix of those to to within uh those those sort of sort of restrictions to deliver on on the, what the client wants basically within uh, their uh, their ML activities there. Um, so I think I mean there's there's sort of a high uh, degree of 
you know, using Agile and sort of going back to sort of using Agile uh, in under your, your very own sort of circumstances and sort of making it your, your own. Um, but I also would like to say that, I mean, potentially Waterfall could, could work well, uh, potentially at some sort of stage, maybe the initial stage of any sort of ML project where it's a bit more sort of dev intensive, if that makes sense. And then more or less to get in the, you know, evaluation and iteration perspective uh, to to um, go at it a bit more in an agile fashion, sort of over time. Maybe that could be one way to go. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a very good question. I'll I'll let uh, Lali sort of carry on from from there. Yeah, uh, very insightful. Uh, and from my uh, observation, um, I think agileness has a well, it should have have uh, has a wide adoption in the general machine learning projects, but that probably suited better in a sense of uh, whenever you have decided already uh, to use some kind of off-the-shelf model uh, that doesn't require a lot of exploration and experimentation, or uh, somehow your research team or data data scientists have already done enough experimentation and investigation and determined a particular prototype or trained some kind of uh, pretty well, pretty good uh, model already as a prototype. And then the rest of the stuff is that, you know, put that into production and train maybe uh, an official model, like that the final model using larger scale data, for example, like that. So uh, what, I, what I'm trying to say here, like the, ad, the, uh, the level of adoption of algeness probably is correlated to the uncertainty which is implied by the projects. So when nothing has been done in a, in a particular use case, probably a lot of the time going to be spent on, for example, clarify what is the needs and clarify and define what is the problem, what is the data science or data science problem that the model is trying to solve, right? And this takes a lot, a lot of time. Usually it takes uh, you know, days, weeks, or even a month uh, like bringing together basically all of the um, sort of the brains uh, in the organization, trying to uh, sort of get the definition right. And then after that, probably a few data scientists or, or machine learning engineers they, that they come together and define a boundary and uh, of, of the methods that, that they want to try um, and then try it out within, within a period of time. And usually during this process, what I observe uh, what usually happens is that this process is usually very, very much unstructured. Uh, but there should be a clear boundary defined saying, okay, we shouldn't exceeding this amount of time and we shouldn't sort of expand to that kind of uh, methods. And this like method A, B, C, D, E is the things that we try to explore and compare. That's it. And then we should have a decision. And when a decision is made, I think that is a perfect moment when the entire sort of machine learning sort of uh, retraining, uh, validation, and deploys kind of projects as a as 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 the whole life cycle could be managed pretty well in a traditional sort of uh, agile process, like uh, people having standups and also sort of retros and trying to put the works into sprints, trying to break them down into little and controllable pieces. This is what I observed worked pretty well for a lot of organizations, I think. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's my view on us. No, I think it, it, it really does make sense. And uh, 
I like that you guys both talked about this thing that the agile adoption plays a big part into this, right? Because it's also that, yeah, now there has been software. We have been doing it with agile in the last five, 10 years. So then ML comes something like software, right? And then, yeah, of course you do it agile. That's that's what's going on. <laughs> there's, there's nothing else that, that has been going on. So maybe there's also a bit of, if we try to do some projects in some other ways, and seeing the results of that to then decide uh, what to do. So I don't think there's actually been enough data points. I don't think that people actually do try to run machine learning projects in anything other than an agile way, uh, given given how new that it is. So, so it was just that we started with it. So maybe uh, it could be a completely different model uh, that we need uh, to do machine learning projects that, that someone has to come up with uh, in, in the next few years. But, but yeah, we'll, we'll find out. Yeah, I'm super a... excited about the future. Oh, sorry, Crystal. Yeah, no, sorry. Uh, me too. I just wanted to throw out a crazy question there. So, I mean, given that, I think we could all sort of agree that um, the waterfall model is attributed to a lot of risk and you want to sort of move into an agile mindset and, and sort of process to, um, to manage that risk. Um, but would you say that, I mean, over time when you've built up confidence sort of delivering at machine learning over time, do you think that it would sort of be feasible to move into more of a waterfall model, given that you've sort of built up the confidence and, you know, been better at spotting risks and, you know, this usually yeah, comes yeah. up with an ML product, et cetera. And would you be open to sort of running that in your own organizations just, just for an experiment's sake, if nothing else? I mean, I think, I think that parts of the machine learning project can be can probably be done in a waterfall way, just parts of it. So maybe, for example, the part where, so building the model part needs to be done in an agile way because you keep need to iterate on the hypotheses and switch, use different data sets, who knows, maybe even find out it doesn't work at all. But once you have the model, and then it's time to sort of build the infrastructure uh, where the model lives, once you want to build that house, maybe that part does not necessarily have to be so agile. Uh, dip, again, depending on what kind of an organization you are, because you could, if you are not a tech first organization who has never done any data science, and the first time you're trying this out, then you also need to do that in an agile way because you don't know what roadblocks you will hit when you try to set up that infrastructure. But at least after a given time, when you have significant experience building infrastructure, uh, I think it it could be worth trying to then do it in a in a waterfall way where you already know like okay infrastructure we need data pipelines, we need somewhere to host, we need somewhere to do this do that, and you could probably do that in a more more waterfall esque way because there's less stuff that could potentially uh, potentially go wrong. So yeah, yeah I I also agree with that. Yeah. Uh, that's it, this is totally possible whenever you have uh, accumulated enough experience, especially in a particular 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 kind of task. Then uh, and suppose you have been building sort of um, a lot of models already to address that problem. Probably it's time. Like you have pretty good data warehouse and uh, infrastructure about like around, for example, feature store, right? But like it builds upon a lot of good infrastructures, and then you can do really waterfall way. And you, because like each each step has fairly low uncertainty, I would say, and you have fairly high uh, confidence. Cool. Yeah, I think I think that's interesting. I think that's also something we touches upon um, potentially, if I read you correctly. Uh, you know, centralization. Um, is it that so that the potential we can sort of build up reusable infrastructure that we can use for many uh, machine learning. Models that are not necessarily sort of developed by one of the same team, but rather you have some sort of centralization there, and that's a 
a big, big but maybe separate topic. Yeah, thanks. Oh, lovely. Well, I'll go ahead and stop the recording there, unless anybody has anything um, to add just before I go ahead and stop the recording. Perfect. Well, I just want to say thank you to everybody that's joined me today and thank you to everyone who's still listening.